The Game of Zen explores the often overlooked ways in which professional, personal, and spiritual growth are interrelated. We dive deep into the life teachings of the Buddha and the mindfulness practices of Zen, revealing how they can help us dramatically expand our possibilities for wholehearted work, life, and play. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Game of Zen podcast. How are you doing today, Paul? Hey, Scott. I'm doing well. Good to be here and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. So today's episode is called The Three Sacred Contracts. Uh, Paul, you wrote a really great uh, newsletter a couple weeks ago about this and I was fascinated by it and we're going to dive deep into that subject in a few minutes. But I thought being this is our first episode of the new year, I uh, just wanted to talk to you a little bit about last year and mm -hmm. what you learned spiritually and how your journey went and how you grew. Last year was major for me, Scott. It was it was huge. Um, I think back to a year ago today, you know, to the day and I was just in a totally different place. Um, I was, you know, living up in Bozeman, Montana. I was kind of had to be up there because we had to. Um, be where they were, where my stepkids were going to school. So it was something of an artificial um, mandate, you know, that I had to be up there. And I was out of, out of the community that I had been in for a long time. And we really had no hope of um, leaving there. Um, but over the course of the subsequent months, it became clear that my kids actually wanted to move to Boulder back down here and my wife as well. And so the whole first half of the year was this kind of rapid evolution of uh, transitioning our location back down here. And the second half of the year was uh, really building out my business, uh, getting back into coaching, which I started up again in June. I um, kind of sidelined the startup I'd been working on for the previous two years and uh, ventured forward into um, my coaching work and this podcast, which was a part of it. So some, uh, I would say, real, a lot of my professional work really came to fruition in, in, in a really mature way over these last six months, which, is, which has been great. And then my, uh, my spiritual work together with my Zen Center, it's been uh, a little bit on a plateau for the last few years as I, I haven't been able to spend as much time with people, but it has just boomed over the last six months. And I've had students who have had major breakthroughs, especially in the last uh, two months, actually. So um, it's been just a really amazing year where the first part was focused on you know family, and the second half has been focused on uh, on my professional work and my uh, and my work with my spiritual community. So it's been a, a really, really big year. How about you? That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it, especially the, the breakthroughs that you've had with your clients. I think that's huge. And it really feels great, you know, to help people along these on these journeys. And one of the things, you know, I'm super grateful for this podcast. I mean, I look back at last year and my journey spiritually really was a big, this was a big part of it. Uh, I learn a lot by talking to you and just even planning our sessions. I've gotten great feedback from some of our listeners. And I think that I've researched more things because I'm like, hey, Paul, this will be a good podcast episode. So each, you know, I'll read something in a book and then we'll talk about it and then we'll build an episode on it. And so I think that's really helped me because I'm broadening my knowledge base, but I'm also diving deeper 
into some of these things that I learned a few years ago, like the noble truths and the eightfold path. And so I, I just am grateful for that. And, and thank you, Paul, because this has been a really good journey for me in the last year or so. I really enjoyed it too, Scott. And I think people are starting to call you Zen master, aren't they? <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet, but I'm getting there. Um, so, but anyway, so to, let's talk about, um, and, and again, you're, I love reading your stuff. You, you come up with great topics and they really make me think. And I read about the three sacred contracts and I thought, you know, this is every day, every day that something comes up where you're balancing things and you're thinking about it. So what do you mean by it? <laughs> let's start right there. Yeah, so this is this is a concept that I've kind of developed, um, extended is maybe a better word, um, from some some things that I read a few years back that really helped me make sense of my life. And the, the primary inspiration for me was a book called The Three Marriages by David White, um, who many of you may know of. And if you don't, you should. He's a wonderful poet and spiritual teacher. Um, and he's got a book called the, the Three Marriages, where he talks about these three areas of our lives that he calls marriages, um, those areas being work, self, and other, right? These three main areas of our life. And he talked about the, the way that we negotiate our, you could say, relationship, you know, certainly in his model of marriages, our relationship with these um these aspects of our life. So that when I, when I read this material, the book is excellent. I really recommend it. Um, it just, it just really resonated for me. It gave me a really helpful framework to understand my life because I had things that were very important to me, but so, sometimes it just felt very chaotic and I wasn't always sure, you know, how to prioritize or how to plan or, you know, where to, where to kind of put my center. And when I started to recognize that each of these areas are in some ways equally important. In fact, they're so important that we're going to give it the word sacred. That's how important they are, that it is of crucial importance to have a, the deepest connection with your work, with yourself and with other people, right? That when you bring that kind of intentionality and conscientiousness, consciousness to all three of those areas, then it, it gives you the, the, the playing field. That's the real playing field of living a wholehearted life. Now, how do you how you negotiate those areas? That's where the that's where the contracts come in and working skillfully with the contracts. Mm -hmm. It's how do I um, what do I want? You know, what do I really want from these areas and what am I willing to give up? and which are most important to me at this stage of my life versus say the next stage of my life. Um, and we'll get into, you know, how, you know, how, how you do all that, but the basic, uh, ground, the, the playing field, if you will, uh, of the game of Zen, uh, is, is, is nicely defined, you know, by these three areas. So, yeah, and I'm curious what you think about the the way society looks at the sacred these contracts, because every every society is different, like every country is different. Some countries have a four day work week and more time off. And some countries have, you know, like different work ethics and so on. So how does the evolution of where you live actually affect the way you approach these contracts? Well, it's huge. It's huge. The, the culture that you grow up in has its own um, 
priorities, if you will, or view of each of these contracts. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting. You you could look at um, what what are the terms of 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 a contract with in, in these areas. Now I like to say that these contracts are governed by vows. Okay. And in fact, that's uh, David White's model of marriages, you know, actually brings this in. So in the area of others, we have the highest sacred connection is one you make with a spouse and you have a marriage vow, right? Now we have this, um, some cultures have a, have a, a model for spiritual development that might be a religious, you know, some some kind of a religious structure. And some people will take vows of monasticism or celibacy or some kind of religious vows, right? But, but many people don't take religious vows, right? So the people who don't take religious vows, at least in our culture, will say, well, only it's the religious people who are taking formal religious vows who have a sacred relationship, <laughs> you know, to their self. But no, that's not true. We all are called upon to make sacred vows with respect to our own spiritual development. And then you look at the world of work and it's like, well, who makes vows <laughs> in the area of work, right? Well, the medical profession has, uh, you know, a Hippocratic oath and there are some, some professions that, you know, have a code of ethics, you could say, but, you know, very rarely does it rise to the level of a vow in terms of why I'm doing this work. There, there are some people and some institutions and maybe even some some um, socially conscious and aware purpose driven companies that might uh, talk in that language. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, you know, we don't bring the language of vow to uh, to our professional life. So that gives you some sense of, you know, certain cultures are going to value each of these vows in each of these areas in different ways and they're going to put different emphases on them in our culture obviously very materialistic culture very kind of you know accomplishment driven you could say um so a lot of the a lot of the energy goes into say doing productive work but but is it respected as something that you are establishing your own sacred relation to that's the that's the most important thing and and i'm not sure there's any culture that has a you know a, a very open accepting understanding of, mm -hmm. of all all of this they tend to have you know traditional ways in which you're supposed to be in mm -hmm. relationship and getting married and uh, pursuing self-development yeah, I mean, you're supposed to work a certain amount of hours, you know, or, and, and you get paid by uh, salary and so on. Um, and then you pay taxes. <laughs> so, right. right. But I mean, I'm curious because it's like we have to balance them out, especially when we're in, in a work environment. Like, how do we honor all of those vows um, to ourselves and to others, but also to our work? And how do we know when it's time to stop working and taking care of ourselves and vice versa? <laughs> Yeah. Well, let, let, let me ask you, do you, do you have them balanced? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. It's a yeah. daily thing, you know, it's a daily thing. It, that's right. It is a daily thing, but the, the most important thing is you have to, you have to raise to consciousness what your contract is in each of those areas. And when I work with people, you know, that's the, the first aha moment is, oh, wow, I actually can have a sacred relationship with my work. <laughs> oh, wow. I actually 
need to have a sacred relationship with myself, right? So there's there's a big kind of aha there and it's a validation, right? Because everybody wants this. They want a meaningful, purposeful, deep life. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a wonderful place. And then then the next question is, okay, well, how, how do I, how do I do it? So the, the first step is to is to recognize that you need to discern what you what is the contract you want to make you know with yeah. these these three areas of your life then you have to recognize which comes pretty quick that you kind of can't go full on on all of them at the same time all mm -hmm. right you have to really feel into which one is the most alive for you okay and which one uh kind of in a sense you know takes the lead and get some some level of subordination, you know, to them. Um, in our minds, we think we can have it all and we can do it all, all at the same time. And it's simply not true. Mm -hmm. We really do. We have to make choices. So, for example, in my life, I um, I have m had my spiritual development as the center of my life from an early age, from my early twenties, really, uh, yeah, early to mid twenties. And I knew that was the center of my life. And I consciously subordinated both my work contract and my relationship contract for, for quite a long time. Um, so the, it was clear kind of what my, my order of priority was. Now, that doesn't mean that I became a monk and I didn't have a job and didn't have relationships. It's not all or nothing. I did need to fulfill a certain amount of growth in both of those other areas. But... I did need to have a clear sense of, of priority in order then to come up with a workable, organic, you know, path forward. Yeah. And I think that it's important to establish the terms of each contract. And as you said earlier, though, things change a lot of, the, you know, you're, as you get older, the terms of your self-contract will change or you'll have a new work. You know, I've had a lot of different work relationships each time it's a different type of a contract right you know in terms of how i work with that that organization um you also have like if you're an entrepreneur and you're in a startup you're you're going to be you know that's going to be the term of that contract is going to be more important than maybe other people for a little bit or something like that so i think it's so how do you over time evaluate those things and adjust them and balance them out properly yeah that that's a it's a great question and so again the first step is to be conscious right that you're establishing a certain um aspiration within within each of the contracts for this season of your life i think this is really important people sometimes they they, they don't have a sense of you know seasonality and um cycles you know within their own life and they think well i have to be on an upward trajectory on everything at all at once. <laughs> right. And it, and it's really not true. If you, if you take it all together, you know, you can really have one thing just to just almost at a maintenance level while the other one takes a lot of your creative energies. Right. So your example of an entrepreneurship is a really good one. It's like, all right, I'm going to give this the next six months, two yeah. years, three years where this is really going to be tops. I'm going to put my relationships, maybe my family on hold, not on hold, but, you know, I'm not going to necessarily look to deepen that. Um, and uh, the same with the spiritual practice. It's like, I want to go on retreats. I want to do all of this stuff, but, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that because the business is going to take it forward. 
if if you don't have a a term to it, you know, then it, then it can the other contracts are going to start to squawk. They're going to go, no, 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 no. I need, I need recognition. You know, if you tell me that I, that I need to be on the back burner for a year or two, I'm okay with that. But if you tell me you're never going to get back to me, or you don't know when you're going to get back to me, uh, uh-uh, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> I'm going to squawk. And then you get into these distortions yeah. where then the work starts to take on the work of the other contracts. Right. And this happens all the time is people neglect, say they they neglect their personal development. They neglect their relationships unconsciously in a sense. And then and they say, I'm really going to go for it on this professional path. But then they then they need some sort of spiritual development, some sort of enhancement and some sort of, you know, some sort of something from their relationships out of the work. And then it all falls apart because Mm -hmm. your work can't give all that to you <laughs> yeah all right so yeah i think i'm i hope i'm answering your question is it, it's to be conscious and to recognize you know that you're just answering for a certain season of your life mm-hmm. and then you get really practical about you know the terms of uh, what you can give and what you're willing to sacrifice in terms of time energy commitment yeah and i also think that uh, the zen practice that, um, you know, the more you learn about it and the more you focus on it, it helps you manage those contracts. It it helps you understand that, you know, your self-development is really going to be important, like you said, for your work. You know, if the more you you read or meditate or or think about stuff, you go back into a work environment, you're going to be able to handle it a little bit differently. And your contract and your vow may change because of that practice that you did. Yeah, it, it's right. I mean, in, in the in the biggest context, you know, Zen is about being fully aware, fully conscious and fully alive. Uh, well, that's what it means to be fully present. Right. So it, it allows you to apply yourself with conscientiousness to uh, to these different areas of your life recognize where you're going off where 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 you are becoming unbalanced mm-hmm. and to make those adjustments that keep you from overloading you know one contract with the work of the other contract right because when you're aware like this then then you also recognize when something just really sounds itself right you're you, you could be you might have set set yourself up for a, a, a difficult run because you you've set yourself up to just work like hell for three months, say, and now you've neglected your relationships, you've neglected your family, you've re- re- neglected your own self care. If you if you're really mindful every day, you're going to start to see the signs of that if things are going wrong, and then you you're going to say, okay, I need a break. You're going to say, I need a break before you crash. <laughs> if you're not aware on a daily yeah. basis, just kind of monitoring yourself with respect yeah. to these contracts, most people just end up crashing. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So, and and I think recognition is actually a big part of it. And, and that this is something that I've gained a lot of is just understanding, you know, getting back to noble truth number two, you know, there are, why do we have suffering? And so th- this could apply to, other people can apply to myself or can apply to work. And so the more and the quicker that I recognize where I'm maybe going off of the terms of my contract, 
uh, and readjust. I think it's like a constant readjustment where yeah. it's like we said, it's a daily thing where you go back and you say, you know, I need to this week coming up. I have a lot of work to do, but I need to go to the gym a couple of times because I, I haven't been to the gym or I need to reach out and call a couple of friends because they're going through some stuff and I haven't been in touch with a friend lately. So I think that but that recognition for me has really helped me grow in both work and personal life. Yeah, that's really the key thing is is to recognize it and then to and then to take that action on it because all three of these are equally important. That's that's the that's the big thing. You really yeah. have to have to tend to um, all three of the areas. So how 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 about you, Scott? Can we sure. can we see uh, what your own you know life is like with respect to the three contracts? Sure. So I think that um, I always have had a pretty good work ethic and work contracts, so to speak. I think that the last year or two, I've been involved with uh, several different projects that some have gone well and some haven't. And so I've I've tried to readjust my relationship to these businesses. And, you know, I, I said this before, I'm attracted to startups <laughs> and I get involved with them. And uh, sometimes it changes, like a startup will change or it might not happen or it might go full speed ahead. And that changes my involvement and my attention on it and my time management. So I also think this is like a time management thing. Like how many, how much time should I spend on this particular project this week? Cause I think it's going to be great or not going so great. Maybe I need to shift my attention to another work project. So I look at these contracts as individually almost in every project that I have, including our podcast, you know, uh, but I think that that changes a lot. So I found that because I'm not in one business over all these years, that that work thing is constantly in flux, which is a little unsettling, but mm -hmm. it's also invigorating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let, let me ask you, um, you know, what do you what do you want to get out of your work? What brings you joy and fulfillment in your work life? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, the first obvious and truthful answer is I want to make more money and, and uh, you know, take care of my family and travel the world. <laughs> so that's the easy answer. Um, but I also really the older I get to, the more I want to be involved in businesses that are doing the right thing, good things uh, that I'm working with good people. Um, you know, I, I really do. The culture is important. Um, so definitely doing something good for people is really something I'd like to do. So, you know, and some of my projects have been along those lines and some haven't. And so I've realized that the ones that are doing better things, I like spending more time on them. Mm -hmm. Right. So you've, you've got some clear, you know, aspirations there. You know, it's, a, it's enough money to support a certain lifestyle, but it isn't, you know, more better, right? Um, it's, it's pretty grounded in terms yeah. of that. And then um, you want purposeful, impactful work, right? And um, you know, then you can you can drill in further, right? In the type of work that you're particularly drawn to. Now, I know you, and you're very broad in your interests, and you're very entrepreneurial, and you can wear very many hats, and you like working with people. So there's a whole you know domain of work that kind of uh, excites you, right? Absolutely. And I, I get uh, attracted to shiny objects <laughs> and uh, new pitch decks and I want to help. So I like helping yeah. people grow their businesses a lot. And yeah. I also like the, uh, you know, giving them this kind of, uh, you know, this kind of knowledge and mentorship in order for them to go through, you know, this is where the other contract comes in. 
How do I use what I've learned to really help in the work environment, but help them in their personal lives too, and dealing with the ups and downs of, of work. And so I think I appreciate like being able to help people with that as well, you know, because th these things flow into each other, as you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So where, where do you stand in the other two? Well, um, so I think I feel really good about the, the self-contract. Uh, I've spent a lot of times and, you know, I, I went through, um, as I mentioned on past podcasts, my uh, heart surgery seven years ago. And when I went through that experience, I realized that taking care of myself had to take the highest priority. It's certainly during that period. But even when I was fully healed, I realized that I couldn't be all work and, and not take care of myself. It's just too important. And I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful to be in good shape mentally and physically today. But tomorrow's another day and I got to keep it going. And so I feel good about my balance of the gym and meditation and, and everything I'm doing, reading, um, listening to podcasts and watching television programs and just learning about being a better human, a better parent and a better business person. Uh, as far as other goes, I think I'm getting better at it, but I'd like to do it more. I'd mm -hmm. like to reach more people. I'd like to help more people. Um, I'm, I love networking and I'm a part of different networking groups and I'm making more, you know, I want to travel more and make friends in different places. I definitely want to come to Boulder and visit you for uh, some some sessions out there. Uh, so I think I could do better with the other part of it. But, you know, I'm happy where I'm at. How about okay. you? Yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm doing great. I mean, I have I have very clear terms of my contracts and I've I've gotten to a place where I've, you know, th the ground of my work actually is fairly integrated. So I'm I'm working, you know, in a I've, I've integrated my spiritual path with my professional path with what I'm doing. And, and it took me decades, you know, to actually make that happen while I was doing that, you know, they were some, they were somewhat separate. They were actually quite separate. So that's, that's a good thing to know too, is that you may aspire to sort of integrate them and, you know, make money doing the thing you love. You could say that. Um, and that could take some time to, to develop that. But if you have that aspiration, then it's okay that they're actually apart for a while. Um, and then the other, you know, the other is great too. I mean, as, as you know, um, you know, I, I didn't get married or no kids until I was 57 years old. And then I got married and inherited five stepkids <laughs> went to zero, zero to a hundred and, you know, yeah. five seconds. Um, and that's been my path. It's, it's fairly unique. You know, people say it's an upside down life. Um, and I'm fine with that. Uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, very richly involved with, <laughs> With, with family in a way that I never thought I would be, right? I've got I've got two yeah. stepdaughters who are going to turn 16 in two weeks and we're getting them a car and a driver's license. I mean, eight years ago, I never would have dreamed that my life would hold this. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's it's a gift. And I, I would also say that it, it has been my practice, which has allowed me to be with all of this wholeheartedly, and being at the center of them, you know, they're not really separate for me, but mm -hmm. it, with a lot of people and for, for many people, they're very compartmentalized. And that's part of working with these is, is to integrate them more. So they don't feel like compartmentalized parts of your life because when you compartmentalize them, they don't, you know, they, it ends up 
ultimately you want an integrated wholehearted being, right? So we, we, we all want that. And, and, and it is uh, worthwhile to aspire to that kind of integration and, you know, consciousness will help you get there. I think it's cool that your work uh, all those years prior to that uh, really helped you absorb, you know, a new family environment and change those contracts around. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty cool. I probably, it would have been a lot harder if you didn't do that work. Yeah, ex exactly. And I had a sense for that. That's why I took the easy route. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you may have asked this question while you're going through where you were going through this, but what what can go wrong with this whole process? It sounds easy. When... Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's um, I, I, I did touch on it. And there, there are a few things that, that can and usually do go wrong. I mean, one I just mentioned is compartmentalization. You know, people tend to compartmentalize and then they um. Uh, you know, then, then they're like super spiritual when they're on a retreat, but they go to work and they're assholes, you know, you get that kind of thing, or they don't, they don't bring their personal development learnings, you know, into their relationships, um, or they don't bring their relational learnings into their spiritual practice. You know, it works that way too. Um, so it can be over compartmentalized. The, the most common is that we have by bypassing happens. Okay which means that you're having one of the areas do the work of one of the other areas. Mm -hmm. So for example, you've heard of spiritual bypassing. That's when somebody, you know, thinks that they're going to meditate and go on retreats and it's going to resolve all their problems. And they don't really work on say their professional life or their relationship life on, on the terms of their own psyche and their terms of their own finances. Right. Um, this is a, a super common problem. Now, in previous cultures, you know, it would be, well, that's why monks don't have families or jobs is because that's the role. But we don't live in that kind of culture anymore, thankfully, because that's over compartmentalized. We, we have to give consciousness to all of them, but we can't bypass and uh, we do have to deal with all of them. Another form of bypassing can go the other direction. I mean, workaholism is basically a form of bypassing. Yeah. You're having your work bring you your sense of self-worth, right? Which should come from your contract with self, not from your work. You could have your work be the place where you, you know, uh, have all of your friendships, relationships, and your, and your spouse even, you know, is all kind of wrapped up in your work environment. You're, you're overloading the work Mm -hmm. um, with those two other ones, which really need to be looked at on their own terms. So when w bypassing leads to really, really deleterious, harmful, you know, results, both for yourself and usually for other people as well. I think that it's really important to focus on the balance here because we certainly are, are tuned to work, 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 right? Especially in the entrepreneurial world. You know, it's it, there's a lot of times we see people that just work themselves so much that their personal and their relationships suffer because of it. But at the same time, like if you really want to be successful, you got to put in the hard work. And so it's always like it's always like a push and pull thing. And I find that the older I get, the more I'm better at that. But it's been a struggle in the past of, you know, well, I, I it's Saturday or it's Sunday and I really would love to go take a hike, but I should sit and do emails first. You know, so um, I think that that's something that I've try and fix every day. I don't feel yeah. like I ever get it 100 percent right, but I'm getting a little better at it the more I practice.
Yeah, a, a discipline, you know, a discipline is re required, right? Yeah. A discipline on, on any sort of developmental process requires a kind of discipline. And it, it can be hard with all of our complicated lives. But yeah. if you have a, a basic structure of um, tending to um, each of these areas with, with some level of time commitment, you know, mm -hmm. and investment, and then you kind of touched on this. When you're doing that thing, do that thing. <laughs> Don't be worrying about the other thing. Right. right? That's important. That's right mindfulness, right? Yes. And right concentration. Yes. So, Paul, you mentioned at the start that you've had, a, I'm really happy that, that your coaching is going great. And I, by the way, if you want to sign up for a free discovery session, just check out zenatwork.org and uh, contact Paul. But I'm curious how you help people navigate their contracts. Like when you're talking, you're coaching someone, how do you, what advice do you give them? Yeah, th this has proven to be a really helpful uh, framework, you know, for people to work with. It's been very lively. So I, I'll start out by having the conversation. We did a little bit of it just now with you on what the state of their, of their contracts is. And usually when I present, you know, the basics of, of how the, how these things work, that, that aha light goes on. It's like, wow, I do have these areas. So people are, are quite, um, are, you know, expressive about the state of their three contracts. So we start there and then we investigate, well, what are you aspire, what are you aspiring to on each of these three? And there's usually some kind of block or, um, gap, you know, in, in one or more of them, usually it's in all three, you know, and then I help, I help them to really, really identify, um, how to move forward in a, in an inquiry process into, you know, where they want to go and how to take steps in that direction. And oftentimes those are open-ended, right? They're not like, oh, let's identify the target or the goal and let's go there. There's a discernment and an inquiry process first that then can move into a more of a directional kind of view. And I'll give you a more a practical example. Like somebody could feel very unfulfilled in their work, but they don't know whether it's the work they're doing or if it's their marriage, <laughs> that's the source, right? right? And so we'll look at both of those areas and we'll see, well, here's some things that you can do in your marriage. Um, but then, then let's also look at the work and there's paths in your current job that might be fulfilling. And there's paths in a completely different business. You might want to be entrepreneurial. That might be fulfilling. So when we look at them with the proper weight, and we really take care of all of them, then we start having, and, and this is a real example with a, with, a, with a client that I'm working on right now. And, and he's got this, this wonderful you know, field ahead of him that has felt very, very stuck and confused. And that we can move forward with consciousness in, in each of these areas that are gonna open up and integrate you know, over the course. It usually takes about three months to kind of get a good, a good feel for this. Sometimes things resolve after three months or sometimes they're, they're more integrated and they might take a little bit longer to, you know, advance. Oftentimes, you know, people are just so jazzed about how things are going that we just, we will just keep going, you know, month after month to, to deepen and um, yeah, d deepen and, and move forward. Yeah. I think the part of the reason why it takes time too, is because we, these habits, 
are ingrained in us, especially, you know, for a little bit older, like we've been doing things a certain way for a long time. You know, I've been oh, yeah. an adult for many years and my relationships to work and self and other have changed, you know, changed, but they, I, I sort of have a system <laughs> that to run my life. Right. But, you know, having the courage to change it and, and make adjustments and really think about it. This is why I'm sure people like love getting these sessions with you, because if you really like stop and think about what's going on in your life, you can be you figure out where you're stuck or where there are blocks. We all have them. We just have to have like really look at them carefully and try and do something about it. Yeah, it, it's absolutely right. It's, uh, you know, the Zen master Hakuin said that the source of all of our problems is habit ridden consciousness. So just, you know, bad habits, you could say, is that yeah. is, is really at the heart of it. But it, it usually takes somebody to give you a good informed reflection um, for you to you know, see what those habits are, because oftentimes they're unconscious. And that's why, I mean, just my, my initial meetings with, with people have these aha moments about what they're doing. They know they're doing it, but they didn't realize that it was having such an effect on their lives. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really, it's really rich work and it, it can unfold actually quite rapidly. Yeah, that's really cool. And also just, and this is a preview for a future episode, but impermanence, I, I thought of when you were saying that it's it's everything is changing all the time with those three contracts and with everything else. So uh, I just find it's interesting how to reevaluate this subject over mm -hmm. and over again, the three mm -hmm. sacred contracts, because everything is going to change. And if, especially, you know, you look back at like last year or the year before or 2020 and something like that, like a lot has changed since then in, in all of our lives. And so how do we kind of focus on this and work with either someone like yourself or just our own internal work to really identify where we need to move forward? Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, we'll get more on impermanence uh, in a future episode. So keep tuning in. We love having you listen in. All right. That was a great conversation, Paul. Let's uh, close this episode out with a short meditation. Okay. So we'll spend a few moments looking at each of our three sacred contracts. First, turn your attention to your relationship to yourself. What is it that brings you joy? Are you living a life of purpose, presence, engagement? Are you in flow? What do you need? And turn your attention to your relationship to others, especially those who are closest to you, your partner, partners, family, friends. What's the quality of the relationship? Is it joyful? Is it fulfilling? Are you conscious? Are there blocks? Are there obstacles? Are there problems? Is the relationship fulfilling and joyful? What might be needed? 
And finally, turn your attention to your work. Is it fulfilling? Is it joyful? Is it purposeful in the way that you would like to be purposeful? Does it bring you meaning? Does it feel good for you to be doing that work when you do it? Is something missing? What might be needed? That was great. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking of like uh, every day there's a lot of decisions that we make and these decisions are related to those three things, right? So there's work, phone calls, and there's emails, and then there's meetings. Then we have, you know, our own personal care, meditation, the gym, a walk. Then we have, you know, calling friends, calling relatives, talking to people, doing things for other people. So, you know, I like the idea of focusing more on the sacred nature of those three relationships. Yeah. And how do I improve all of them? That's what yeah. I came out with. Yeah. That's it. We, it's so easy to get lost in the busyness of our lives that really tends to obscure the, the sacred quality of, of our lives. So to, to spend the time to really look at that, you know, it can often be very revealing and and also inspiring because then all the busy stuff you're like ah you know that's that's the surface stuff you yeah. know the deep the deep stuff feels better yeah it's awesome thank you paul this was a great episode so uh as usual we thank you for listening um we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends also visit zenetwork.org and check out paul's newsletter and sign up for a coaching session so we'll see you soon with a new episode thanks again paul uh, thank you, Scott. Thank you for joining us on this exploration into Zen Buddhism and its transformative influence on work and life. We hope you'll subscribe, share, and comment wherever you get your podcasts. May your journey be one of continuous growth and mindful living. From all of us here at Game of Zen, wishing you peace and prosperity on your path ahead. <laughs>